everyone. Welcome to I Am Here. I am Gabby. This is uh, Amarilis. I think she's this way to me. We I'm are not, cousins. Not oh, wait. This way? This way? <laughs> yes. Uh, we are cousins and we are here to tell our stories and share the love and share the healing. Follow us on Instagram at I am here pod. Also, uh, if you want to share your stories or if you want to just suggest any anything you want to see or talk about, you can email us at IamHerePod at gmail.com. And subscribe, please. Oh. Subscribe on YouTube. Yes. And, and, and follow us on Facebook, too. You can interact and message us, and it'll be fun. Yes. We are here with Alecha, which is Amarilis's sister. <laughs> yeah. And we're here back with uh, our lovely Oso, where I don't know where he is, but <laughs> And he is also her brother, so we got the siblings, and I got—I was adopted here. I, I'm not adopted, but like, let's pretend like they're my brothers and sisters. Okay, it's hello. okay. I'll take you as my sister. <gasps> Wait, time out. Is it? Are you replacing me, or is it in addition? Or we got two, we got a you lot. To think we could add it. more. <laughs> the side we got a lot. <gasps> She's really thinking about it. Oh no. <gasps> I did not want to cause this division in this family. Oh my gosh. Tell me how you really feel. And a reminder, well, not a reminder, reminder to us, but letting everybody know this will be our last episode for this season. So we are going to take a break. We really appreciate you guys um, supporting us and sharing with us and inviting us into your space and time. Um, it's been really humbling to see that people um, really are interacting and, and supporting this. So we appreciate you. We are going to take a little break um, to just re-energize and gather more ideas and please connect with us because um, we make speak on it um we'll have on the next uh season we'll have more topics we'll have some other guest speakers and it's gonna be fun so we're gonna take a break but join us when we come back it's gonna be like a like when you're watching a show on netflix and you gotta wait but we're not gonna make you wait like a whole year oh that's ridiculous that's just not nice yo <laughs> but yeah just just a couple weeks and then we'll be back <laughs> whoop, whoop. yes so today what are we talking about we're talking about death. Woo! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so it's lit. <laughs> oh man, we're we're a little special. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, we are. Well, it's interesting because we talk about it a lot, but I guess it's like telling the story again is difficult. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've mentioned it in our previous episodes, um, from here and there. Uh, um my dad passing, um, Gabby's mom passing. So we wanted to take a moment to really talk about the stories and, and how we overcame these things and pretty much the lessons that we learned yeah. from sudden death in our family. Because yeah. um, it can seem very difficult and it is very difficult, um, but recognizing how we all came out of it and yeah it's, it's really it's, interesting because you just carry those things with you no matter what yeah how long it's been like it's not something that just stops and ends it's something that you kind of just keep living with and you learn to value life a lot more at least from my experience 
we know that there may be people who have gone through this or do not understand the grief process, especially the way you put it of like, it's not something that you just get over. Um, yeah continual um so we're going to share our stories our perspectives again it may not be the same for everybody we're just sharing our point of view and welcome any conversations with it um so we like i've mentioned before um i was 19 when papi died um gabby you were like what i think i was six around or seven six yeah mm -hmm. i was like six and also was seven alecha you were 15 I was 17. You were 17? Gabby was 15. You were 17. Gabby was 15 when Didi died, when yeah. your mom died. Mm -hmm. I can um, start my point of view because I know we've all had different perspectives. We were in different places at different times. So picture this. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I had to go into like the Sophia Picture this. Okay, serious. Um, it was in February. Um, 2005. Um, I was in college. I was a second year um, student in college at that time. So I had gone home that weekend um, from, from campus because I was attending one of Bobby's uncle's funeral. It was one it was one of our great uncle's funerals so we all came home and we were there for the weekend and um to pay respects and and to be there to support it happened to be um president's day weekend as well so bobby had off from work on that monday president's day um and a lot of people came, a lot of um, his friends, a lot of family members came together for this particular funeral. And being in Pennsylvania in February, it was cold. We were outside um, and our family um, is really close knit, but we use humor a lot to take away from some of the grief. So being in the funeral in the cemetery, um, I remember people were like, uh-uh, the next person who dies better not die in, um, in, in the winter. It better be summertime because it's too cold for this. It's too cold for this. Um, and I remember mentioning that, and it was a time of, even though we were mourning, we were all together, and um, we were appreciating our family unity during that funeral. So Bobby was in the midst of really connecting with people, reconnecting with old friends that he hadn't seen in a long time, old uh, family members who he'd been distanced from. And I had to go back to school. I had to go back to school um, for class. I had class Monday morning. He thought I had off from school because it was President's Day. He had off from work and he would just assume that he could take me to school Monday morning. Um, but that wasn't the case. So we didn't plan correctly. There was a miscommunication and it was later in the night, like Sunday night, I had to um, go back to school. And at that time I didn't have a car, he drove me. Um, so it was, um, he and my mom, they took me to, to my campus. They said bye from ev to everybody because they had to drop me off. Um, I remember specifically they were going to um, bring my siblings and I think Alecha was the one that said, no, I don't want to go. 
and then they're like okay well Alecha could stay with with also because he was a baby he was like seven um so he's like okay he could stay so it was just mommy and papi and me um and we went to to campus and it was fine um the roads were fine pretty much they were clean um there was some snow it was it was snowing a little bit but um I went um, to campus and they dropped me off. Like we had our little dinner there um, and they dropped me off and I was like, all right, see you. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like, bendicion, bye. Uh, yeah. Let me know when you get home kind of thing. Just regular ordinary day. Um, and they left and they usually would let me know that they got back home. Um, and sometimes they would forget, like they would um, call me or, or send me a message. Sometimes they would forget, but most of the time they would let me know, okay, we made it. Um, so hours passed by. It took like, it was like a two and a half hour drive. Mm -hmm. So several hours passed and um, I'm hanging out with my friends and uh, I, I realized, I'm like, oh, they didn't call me back. Let me, let me call and I'll leave a message. I think I called mommy. Um, and I called and I said, hey, um, I'm just checking to see if you're still alive. Let me know if you made it home safe. Bye. Mm -hmm. And that was my voicemail message. Right? So I hang up and I get the next day, Monday morning, um, I go to class. I'm, um, I'm just living regular life. Um, and then I get a call in the middle of the day from one of our uncles. And he's like, hey, like really happy on the phone. Hey, Amarilis, how are you? Hey, I'm like, I'm good. It's nice to hear from you. How, okay. And he's like, hey, me and two of your cousins, we're like, like in Harrisburg. They were like, oh, we're like an hour away from you. We're like in Harrisburg checking out some schools with one of your cousins. Um, and he wants to check out your school. So can you meet us? Can, can we go to your campus and can you meet us and we can have like a tour or something? I was like, cool. That's odd, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come by, come by to the campus. Um, and they meet me and. Wait, did they know? Wait, did they know what happened or were they? They knew. Mm -hmm. They knew. They knew what had happened. I had no idea. Oh. Okay. So Monday comes in and I'm like, whoa, that's cool. My family's coming. Like they're just coming to hang out. That's cool. So um, they come to my dorm. They, um, I meet them and I'm like, hey, look at this is my dorm. Checking it out. Look at this. is Like these are my friends. Um, these are my apartments. They're like, give me a tour of like the whole campus. So I'm like, it's small, but I'll give you a tour. So I'm walking them around the whole campus. Yes, girl. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm listening to this and I'm just being more and more frustrated. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's you. frustrating after yeah. the fact. Yeah, once yeah. you know. But to me in that moment, I had no idea. I just thought my family was visiting me. You know, and so it took a whole tour of the of the campus. We came back. I was like, "Hey, do you guys want to eat or anything?" Um, they come down to and I come back to the room and I was like, "We want to do anything? Like, there's not much to do, but we can get something." Um, and then my uncle just sits there, like our uncle sits there, and he's just like, "We got to be honest to you. We didn't really come here to um to check out the school." I'm like, "Okay," you know. Um, and remind you, nothing like this ha happened in our family. You know, I was not expecting anything. Now I'm like, anytime anybody calls, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And who's like, who, yeah. who died? Right. 
Yeah, that's but, the problem of having a big family too. Yeah, and we've gone through it like more often, but that was the first time that any of that of death like really touched us directly like that. Um, so they sit me down and he's like, your parents were in an accident last night. And I'm so like matter of fact, I'm like, okay. Like, cause in my head, like every, I was like, okay. So they're in an accident. That's why they didn't call me back. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking they're safe. I'm, I'm thinking they're fine. Um, but I'm like, okay. He's like, your mom's in the hospital. I'm like, okay. Okay. She's good. Um, so she's in the hospital. I'm thinking, okay, she, it, it was a bad accident, but you know, I, it's not even passing through my head that there's anything like fatal. Um, he's like, oh, she's in the hospital. Okay. All right. Serious. Um, and then he says, your dad didn't make it. And I'm like, and those were his words, like your dad didn't make it. And I'm like, and I was in shock. And let me tell you how shocked I was. I was just in shock. Like, and my first words were, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you joking? He's like, no, it's not a joke. And he comes and he's hugging me. Mm -hmm. He embraces me and he starts like um, patting my head and like rubbing my head. And I'm laughing, guys. I'm like having this nervous laughter. So I'm shaking a little bit because I'm laughing. I'm like, what is happening? This is not real. Um, This is nuts. And like my brain is, I guess, going in protective mode where I'm just, um, I'm, I'm laughing, but like a quiet laughter where I'm just, so I'm like, he's now thinking I'm crying because he's holding me and he's patting me, but I'm not crying. I'm laughing because I'm in such shock that my body, my brain are not clicking. Yeah. Um, so my brain starts all of a sudden, like going to, okay, like, I just got to get things done. Like there's no emotion. I'm just like, all right. So I, we got to go home. All right. Um, I got class later. So he's like, no, 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 no. We already talked to administration. We already talked to the office. We already um, told them the situation. So they, they cleared you for the week. Um, and the following week was my spring break. So I was like, cool. I have three weeks that I could be home. Like going to very just diligent, taking care of business. Um, and I walked to my room. I'm like, all right, let me start packing. And one of my cousins um, starts helping me pack. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. I just got to pack stuff. I'm like, you know, I knew they didn't call me. And I'm just walking, like, so emotionless. Uh, like, I know they didn't call me. And I, that was weird. And then I remembered the voicemail that I left my mom. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the voicemail that I said, just let me know if you're alive. You know, just let me know that you didn't die as a sarcastic joke and then I realized that's when all the emotions started flooding like I can't believe I left her that message Mm. I can't believe I left her that message and that's when the tears started flowing I'm like getting choked up now just think like I left I left that message and this is what actually happened like it was almost like uh why would I even joke about something like that but I didn't know because just take life for granted. I just thought I would see my dad again. Um, so that's when I broke down. I was crying and I was just like, I started crying. And the first thing I did is I ran to the bathroom. I didn't want anybody to see me. I was like, nope, nope, nope. And I started crying. I was like, right, let's get out of here. Like, let's go. Like, bye. Um, and my roommates were like, what's happening? What's going on? I was like, my dad died. I got to go. Like, it was so matter of fact. And I'm like just saying the words and they're like, wait, what, what, what's happening? They were so confused because I was just 
So like, he died, like, I gotta go, bye, see you. Um, and on the ride back home is where I really could like slow down and process. Yeah. Because again, it's like two hours of driving and I'm like putting all these things together of like, man, I didn't give him a proper goodbye. Like, I just thought I would see him again. Like, I'm not going to feel his hands again. I'm not going to feel his hugs and his kisses again. Um, I just, I, I didn't know I wouldn't have another time. Mm. Um, and it was very difficult um, because I didn't give myself the permission to be vulnerable in that moment either. So I was in the back of the car crying to myself, but silently, obviously they knew, but yeah. I didn't want them to know. And then it wasn't till like that night that you just, I start really thinking and processing because I get home and my mom's not there because she's in the hospital because she, um, you know, her, her head is injured. Um, so I start learning what happened. Like what happened was on the way back, um, they were about 45 minutes from home and mommy was driving and Bobby was in the passenger seat and mommy remembers bits and pieces, but she's like, we were, we were listening to boleros in the car. You know, we were happy. We were, we were singing together. We were, we were, he was in a, he was in a happy spot, you know? Um, and I always joke that, um, on the way to, to school, Bobby was cheap as heck. That fool did not buy nothing if he didn't have to, like, Yo, going to McDonald's and Burger King was like going to a five-star restaurant for us because we did not do that. Unless there was the deal of buy one um, and get the other one for a penny, like we didn't go there. <laughs> we didn't go there. And on the way to school, like he was just in a happy mood. He's like, you know what I want? I want Burger King. You want to stop at Burger King? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could go to Burger King. And we sat inside. We didn't even go through the drive-thru. We went inside and we sat down. We and got like, fancy. We got real <laughs> fancy. Not even the drive-thru. It wasn't even the drive-thru. We sat down. We ate together. We laughed. We joked. And let me tell you what this fool did. This is really special. After we finished eating, he said, do you want dessert? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like he got a dessert. We got a dessert. Everybody got their own dessert. We didn't have to share it. I was like, yo, this is the best day ever. <laughs> that was the best day ever. So, um, he was in a very good mood. We shared a lot of like fun times. Like it was, he was just happy. And I remember being at his uncle's funeral that weekend. And, um, you know, like they have the little family get together afterwards where everybody eats. And he was so happy. Like he was so happy to be with all the people that he had not seen in so long and, and to be around that love. Um, mm. And mommy was the one that said afterwards, she's like, during that, that meal with the family, he mentioned to me, Abby, when, um, when I die, I want, I want, I want this. I want this. I want everybody to be laughing and being together and the family together. I really want, I really want a, a meal like this. Like I want a big dinner where everybody's just having a good time and sharing stories. That's what I want. Um, 
And that's what he got. <laughs> that's what he got. Um, but we didn't expect it to be then, right? We didn't expect it to be right then at all. Um, but what I find really beautiful too is the idea of like, he not only did we get that over here, but I'd like to think that like he got that over there too, like in heaven. He was so happy to be surrounded by people that loved him that he hasn't seen in a long time. And then when you said that, I just imagined him being so happy to see the people that he hasn't seen in a long time because they've just left this earth and he's just reunited with them. And I don't know, in a way, like what we do down here kind of mirrors what happens um, in heaven. Yeah, I truly believe that. I truly, because I think, and we've talked about it before, just like that connection that we have with the people we love. You know, that's one thing that for me is just like, in that time, in that stress, in, and it was so challenging because, again, I couldn't believe what reality was. Um, it was not until, like, the nights. For me, it was the nights. Before going to bed, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And it's not because I was, like, um, you know, going, uh, like, it wasn't an intense, like, uh, stereotypical panic or anxiety or anything like that. It was just the reality of life. I was just like, man this is really happening. Um, and it's like, after everybody left, you're just like, you're, you're in that quietness and you can be with your thoughts and you're like, wow. But I remember like, those times were very, were very difficult, but I always had this piece of, I know he's good. Like there was no question. I was like, I know he's good and I know God is taking care of us because he always does. And I feel connected to my dad in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, I miss him. I miss his hugs and his kisses and his laugh and his yelling. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I felt that in that moment, but I was like, but I know he's here and I know he's good and he's taking care of us. And I, there was still that peace in the midst of that that uncertainty mm -hmm. um, and that confusion because I know he was good. I think too something that is like kind of can be a little bit frustrating is when everyone reminds you that they're good um, when you're just trying to be sad <laughs> and like because like when you said that that's all I kind of think about because um, like we, we we have a big family like we've experienced yeah. a lot of loss um, and that's something that like I learned from like my experience too is just kind of wanting to grieve in my own way and then having uh, mm -hmm. people come up to to me or to I see it when it happens to other people too it frustrates me because I, I put myself in their shoes and it's like oh but don't worry don't be sad because they're in a better place and it's like hey they're in a better place but they're not here yeah. they're gone like it sucks and it's okay for it to suck um so like when you say that it does remind me of uh what we tell ourselves to um and it's almost like we're diminishing our grief and we get frustrated with ourselves and we say no they're in a better place so i don't I, I you know I'm not going to be sad um no you can be sad because you love them exactly. and that's something like i learned too of like 
sadness is another expression of love. Yes. When I love someone, I'm sad they're gone. Yeah. It was incredibly um, crazy um, and, and shocking to think, yo, I don't, I don't get to be 89 years old and die in my bed. You know, that was almost a thing of like, mortality is real. It can happen today. It was something so ordinary, just going to school and like such a like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Like, I'll see you the weekend. Like, it was something so ordinary. And then everything changed in a split second. And that's something that I really took away from like, in that moment, I'm like, I'm taking life for granted. I'm taking time for granted. I just expect I have a tomorrow and I don't. Yeah. No, Bobby didn't. Yeah. And it was a big wake up call of like, am I really investing in what I think is important? Am I really showing people that I love them? Um, and I think, I think that's why I had that sense of peace and that knowing that I was okay. More so because even though I knew I wasn't okay, I knew that um, that my relationship with Bobby was good. Mm-hmm. So there was no no distress in that he wasn't going to be okay and that I wasn't going to be okay because the love was already expressed, you know. So I there, there was differences in your story which I which I realized and I realized it back then that if I would tell a story or I'd be like, this is what happened to me, the same day someone would tell, oh, this happened to her, but it was completely different details. And I'm like, that never happened. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so some of your details, like when they told us that you were leaving and, they, and, and dad was like, oh, crap, we have to leave now. I thought you had <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> that's fine. We'll go. And then I had told mom, I was like, we can come. And me uh, saying we was me and also. I was like, I want to go. I'm not, I didn't want to stay home. I don't know why. That's um, interesting. And then they were like, I think it was because I was like, if I go and we can leave now, like, we're not going to have to deal with the snowstorm that's coming mm, later. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the mindset because I feel like I can rush you to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because you're protective. Because that's one thing that surprises me of you wanting to go. You never wanted to go. Oh, I <laughs> didn't like the drives. I hated it so much. And that's exactly why I hated it. Because the highways were so, those so skinny. And there was always yeah. a truck. And it, there was a snowstorm coming. Which and there was a lot of trucks. There, always there has a lot been of trucks. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I had gone on the trip. No, I had gone on the trip to go take Anna to school to Philly, and like we end up in the middle of the median because the snow had made us slip. And, and I'm, I'm the like, dumb one in those moments. He and I would start laughing. I get my nervous laughter from my dad. So I'm like, "Woo, that's fun!" Like he's slipping I'm on like, the ice. Oh, get the car back on the road <laughs> where it belongs. <laughs> Yeah, Alicia would get so mad. Alicia would hide under her blanket and she would be praying. And so like she would like we wouldn't see her, but she would be praying to Rosary. We're on where the grass is supposed to be. Like (laughs) so that would happen. And so I didn't like going on the drive, but I did know there was a snowstorm coming and if they waited any longer, 
like they were going to be stuck in that storm. So I was, but when I said that to mom, mom was like, no, you guys are going to stay here. She's like, the storm is coming. And if we end up stuck or if something happens, there's only two, two seats in a tow truck. And so that was her reasoning. That was her reasoning for not letting us go. And so I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't find it because I was like, I don't, who am I to tell mom? Like, no, I'm coming. So, um, so Mm. yeah, then we just ended up staying home and I was with also, and I don't know, we just spent the night normally. And then they, I feel like you guys left late. We did leave late because he, he, um, he was saying his goodbye to everybody. We never did that, but it's almost like he, he wanted to say goodbyes. Uh, I, I, like a, you know, some people say like they get a sense or something, but they were talking and talking and talking, and I was like, "Yo, it's late. Like we gotta go. Like what is up?" So it took a long time. I felt like you guys left really late, and um, what's funny because you got you you started talking about um, uh, our uncle's funeral, yeah, and I didn't go to that either. You didn't go like, to it. Every when, mom said we're leaving, we're gonna go to the funeral. I was like, I'm not going, and she was like okay and I was like I don't want to go to a funeral like Mm -hmm. don't and it's just so funny that I was just like I want to go somewhere to be sad and like the very next week we were at my dad's funeral (laughs) so that same week when it happened I was like you're funny like you try to avoid going to a funeral and look what happened so um but yeah when we were waiting, I, I don't know that night. I we I was just me and also, and then we eventually went to sleep. And um, you, I don't know what it was that it maybe it was that you were so young that you used to like sleep in mom's bed, and no since no one was there, you decided to sleep in my bed. So like he just never slept in his own bed. <laughs> so he slept with me and. Um, it was getting, like, I had called mom, and she was like, oh, we're going to be on our way back. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what time that was, but, um, I feel like it was getting really late. Because, one, it was snowing so much, and there was a storm, so I was worried. I just, like, stayed there, laying there for, like, an hour two and then I was like calling and I was like this is weird because like I feel like they should be here by now every time I feel like certain times that I would wake up also would wake up and he'd be like are they here and I'm like I don't know it's fine I was like I don't know what to do <laughs> yeah because you were both nervous you yeah. almost like yeah that was not usual like yeah, that you're like adult in that situation yeah, but even yeah. though I was a 17-year-old, he was seven, like, I still, you know, spoke to him like an adult, so I was like, I don't know what to do, like, <laughs> should I keep calling them? Do I call grandma? Like, what do I do? And he's like, just call grandma, and I was like, I think that's what, what I'm gonna do. So I was like, go back to sleep, and I called grandma, and I was like, hey, hmm. I just am a little, like, like, my radar is going off. Like, 
this is not normal. Um, so I, I told her, I was like, she called me more than two hours ago and said that they were on their way back, but she's not answering my phone calls. And she was like, okay, I will stay up and I will keep a lookout um, to see when their car passes by, go to sleep. And I was like, okay. And I was just basically like handing off the baton of like, I'm not worried. Worry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it anymore, but I was still worrying. And I had this moment of another voice, like this feeling of, you know, they got in an accident. And I was just immediately shut it off. And I was like, why would I say that to myself? Why would I do that? No, they're fine. And so I just went back to sleep. And then three hours later, it was seven o'clock in the morning and I could feel, I always have this thing when people are looking at me while I'm sleeping and I immediately woke up and opened my eyes and it was grandma, one of our aunts and one of our cousins. And they were just standing. I thought you were going to say it was Poppy looking at you. Oh, <laughs> me too. I got so scared. I got no, no, it was seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> But I thought, I thought like you, yeah. you saw like he, like a spirit or something. You don't think um, I would have told you that story? That Your head kiss. All right, all right. <laughs> because I've told you that story, but still, um, no, yeah, they were just standing there looking at me, and I was like, mm. "Good morning." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like our cousin was smiling, like standing there smiling, like, and I was like, "What?" Why are you guys here? Why are you standing in front of my bed? Um, and then grandma was like, Good morning. I need to talk to you. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. And then she's like, come into Oso's room and I just want to have a talk to you. And I was like, okay. So she took me into the room and then she was like, and I I immediately was like, if something's wrong, I know I that that the voice that told me that they were in an accident, um, they were in an accident. So I already knew what was coming, kind of, but not the way I expected. Yeah. Not the way I expected, so I was just like, okay. And so she was just like, your parents were in an accident. And I was like, I know this now. Like, okay. And literally, I was just sitting there like, mm -hmm. That's how I it was. was the uh -huh. same way, yeah, the same way that you were like, met her fact like yes yes and so then <laughs> grandma was like your mom's in the hospital and she's okay and I was like uh-huh mm -hmm. and then she told me mm. she said your dad is in intensive care and I was like okay mm -hmm. and in my mind <laughs> I was like my dad is the strongest man I know yeah I was like intensive care I've known people in intensive care and they, they get go out. in and, and they get out all the time. They go in and out all the time. So I was like, oh, okay. And then she just sat there and stared at me. She goes, it's okay. Like, you, you, you can have an emotion. Like, like, you can, it's okay to be upset. And I was like, I'm fine. And like, I was completely like, just, yeah, he's fine. They're both, like, they're fine. So she was like, go get dressed and come downstairs, we're going to take you to um, your other grandmother's house and you're going to be up there. So I went upstairs, changed into whatever I changed into, came back downstairs. That's nuts. And then 
some of their bicycle was in our living room. And I was just like... At 7 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, like 7, 8. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At that point, it might have been like closer to 8. But yeah, I was like... And I was like, okay... So for people who don't know, like Father Father Bicek is a priest, like so, because people who are not Catholic is a priest from our um, church came um, to the house, and like our family is very like well known in the community. So I just assumed maybe like he heard about the accident, and he wanted to, like check up on the family or like check up on us. So I just like brushed it off, kind of like that, and then. We sat in the living room. I was sitting on the piano bench, so the piano was behind me. And um, and then Father Visa came in and was just like, gave me a hug and was like, I'm so sorry that you have to go through something like this. And I was like, okay, you're being a little bit dramatic, but it's fine. So Father Visa sits down and he starts, and he's like, I'm gonna say a prayer. And I was like, okay. So he started his prayer, and in the middle of his prayer, he mm. says that he's praying for the soul of Adrian Garcia. And I was like, what? Mm. Like, it was just like, the, like, everything had just drained from me in that moment. And I was just like, I could, he like, I don't. I don't remember what I did or how I reacted. I know that it was probably like screaming of like mm -hmm. what and and like outpouring of like my initial um, reaction was anger. And mm -hmm. in that moment, I <laughs> I was going to turn around and punch the piano like an idiot. And I'm glad I did it. <laughs> Because I would have definitely broken my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I I I was like so ready to like with all my force to punch the piano because it was the first thing there. Um, mm. and the only reason I didn't was because at that moment, like I looked over and also was crying, mm. and I was like, I can't react like that in front of him. Um, when he's sobbing over there yeah i was thinking about this earlier that it i was so little so it took such a like a big toll on me that mm -hmm. all i remember are just like it feels like i was time traveling but like crying like just little flashes of like i was sat here and then i was sat here and then i was sat here mm -hmm. um and some stuff i feel like i get it confused with other memories of things that happened yeah like when you were saying i was sleeping in your room and I was falling asleep. I remember crying during the night because it was so late and they hadn't come back yet. But that could be just something that happened in here. You could have been crying, um, or it could have been something that they they distorted your memories. It, it could have been that you cried to me and told me to like call grandma and it would make you feel better. Yeah, I think that's what it was because that's what I remember from my perspective. So. I'm just saying that to say that the parts of my story that I do quote unquote remember the like I take them with a grain of salt as so everyone else because my memory is a little distorted and fuzzy and um I remember that and then I remember coming downstairs and like you said the house was full and um I legit don't remember anything else I remember 
not crying even at the funeral until I got in the car. And then as we're driving away, that's when my tears started rolling down. That and that's when I, mm, I was like, he's not coming with us. And then it's just like, boom, everything. Mm -hmm. That's when it all came out for me. Cause I don't know, I'm seven. And why are these 30 year olds coming up to me? You need to be strong. I'm seven. Mm -hmm. I don't you used to I get so mad every time somebody went up to you I was like you need to be strong you're the man of the house now Seven. it's okay to be a little angry about that but at the same time I'm just like now that I that happened and we've experienced death multiple times after that I just can brush it off a lot easier than when I was seven because the same people haven't learned much. <laughs> and they'll just be like, like, like Gabriela said, they'll come up to you and tell you everything that you don't want to hear mm. during a funeral or when you're grieving. And I know now I'm like, I'm allowed to be sad and I don't have to be strong for anybody because these are my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something easier to, you know, get a full grasp of the more you go about it. And I think honesty too of like, we've mentioned it before of like talk to us straight up yeah and i know it's hard because as people you don't know how to process your own feelings so it's almost like i have to learn how to deal with my own feelings first so that way i can be honest and supportive of somebody else um so if mm -hmm. i'm uncomfortable in my sadness it's going to be hard for me to see somebody else's sadness yeah and allow you but it becomes harder and more shocking when I'm believing one thing and then I find out the opposite. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's almost a sense of like, real. Yeah. yeah. And like when you're a little kid, you don't know how to hide those emotions. So yeah. it's straight up like, even though I don't remember that, I can see why it's just like, boom, right away. You lied to me. And then that's when the anger starts. My assumption would be, they didn't know how to deal with it themselves. How would they tell their yeah, of course. The kids? Yeah. Especially if I was in their, if I look at things from their perspective, like you have to tell these kids that their dad is gone. I wouldn't know how to do that either. Especially if like I hadn't had the experiences that I had. Like your first experience with death is having to tell like someone who's basically just starting out in life. I'm like, you didn't like, yes, it was a bad job, but like, I'm like, you try to do. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. It's just a difficult situation. Think about that. Even in my situation, which I never really realized, um, like growing up and being told that my mom was going to be okay. I remember when Tio Tuti passed away. And right after that, that was like the time that I started like fearing, like losing my mom and everything. And like less than a year later, is when they told me that my mom was diagnosed with cancer. They waited a little bit longer to tell me. Um, and then my initial thought when they told me was just like, because I didn't even know what cancer was. Like, I literally had never heard the word before. And they say, she has cancer. And I'm like, what's that? Like, to me, it just sounded like, oh, it's like a, like a not like a cold, but like the flu or something. And then over time, I realized, I was like, okay, like, I see more and more instances of it on TV and everything, and then I'm like, okay, oh, 
that's what she has okay Mm -hmm. and like my entire time like at first I had like as soon as I found out what it really was like at school when people found out I my mom had cancer like I was always bullied in school but as soon as everyone found out everyone started treating me different and I didn't like it and I was like I almost missed being bullied because I was like y'all are fake but whatever like everybody (laughs) was just being weird to me and then I was like okay this is weird and then like she started getting more and more sick she was very like agile and, and like very like animated so it was really hard uh, growing up to see her get more and more frail. But when she was initially diagnosed and told she couldn't work anymore, I was so happy because I had never spent enough time with her. I like didn't spend that much time with her at she all. She was so busy. She was always running around working or going to school. So it makes sense that you're like, yes, I get mom exactly. time. Yeah, because like she took me to the office a lot and I would be like at work with her a lot. But like, I mean, she was going through chemo when I was a little older. So I was like eight or nine. And then I I'd, like, I just grabbed the Vicks bottle and then I would just like give it to her because I was like, oh, this will help. Um, Man, you know yeah. what? If they could do Vicks cures, you know, like I think that I think you're on to something where they just need to study it a little bit more. <laughs> Where it could be possibly the cure to cancer, and we just don't know it yet. I wish. Don't tell Hispanics that. They're going to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was was nice because I got to spend more time with her. But then, like, I still had that fear. That fear of, like, losing her. And I wouldn't let her sleep alone. It was, like, more than me wanting to sleep with her because I didn't want to sleep alone. I didn't want her out of my sight. So, like... I was, like, older, like, I was, like, like 13 year, years old, 12 years old, and, like, I would have, like, a cot, and I would sleep on the cot next to my mom's bed, and my dad's bed, and then I would just sleep there, and then in the morning, wake up, and try, like, and wake her up, and make sure she was okay, um, so, like, I remember how after all of that started happening, then I started getting this random, it started seeping into other things in my life, like, For example, I started hating winter, like hating winter and fall. Like I hated it because everything was ending. Mm. I hated that. Like, and it's just interesting how like to see how death kind of when you see something, someone dying or someone like changing for whether like getting frail, becoming more and more weak. It's almost like it's a reflection. It, you see that in everything else in like nature. Um, so it was interesting. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's really deep though. And it's true because we think that, you know, it's just this instant. This is going to be like you just, you're dealing and grieving with one thing. You're dealing and grieving with your parent or, um, and, and that's the only thing. Um, but we forget and we don't realize that it does seep into everything. It does. Oh, yeah. just, it, it, um, I'm not just now sad about losing my parent. Now I'm sad because of all of the relationships that I may lose mm-hmm. um, or all of the things, everything, especially you guys yeah. were so young. It, it does like also said earlier, it molds your brain yeah. um, and, mm-hmm. and influences everything. Cause I remember like also, also became scared of anything. 
yeah. anything. Yeah. But he just generalized that fear of like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're gonna die, kind exactly. of Exactly. And you already had that fear of losing your parent when you saw, uh, like, your cousin go through it. You're like, this yeah. is real. You're already dealing with it. Um, and so it makes sense that you're like seeing, seeing almost sadness and death everywhere yeah um Mm -hmm. but it's interesting too that you said you um you wanted to protect your mom and a lot of people think that kids are the ones that need the protection but like we forget that kids also protect their parents and Mm -hmm. protect um people who they love so it's like everybody's worried about protecting the kids but the kids are like no 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 i gotta keep you safe and that's so much responsibility for a kid yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Growing up, like, that's just all I really, like, a lot of my earlier memories are just me were just kind of praying for her every single night. I started getting into, like, weird, like, I don't know, like, almost, like, ritual things where I was just like, okay, if I do this, then she's gonna be okay. Like, I'm sure that, like, if I, like, it's kind of like a step on a crack, you'll break your mother's back type thing, but it was, like, it was kind of, like, that was taking that, like, for everything. I remember this one time, uh, when I was, like, I think it was 13 or 14 at the time, it was close to the end, and then she went to the hospital, and she was there for a month, and I had to stay at another, um, I had to stay at, at, uh, Tio house for a while, and then afterwards she came back and I was like excited because she was okay. But then I, she was only back for one day. And Whoa. I remember she was back for one day and I was happy. But then everything was bad. She started throwing up and then no one was at home. I was the only one there. And like, I just remember like, oh crap. And then that's when it hit me. I was like, wait, is she not going to be okay? And then I remember mentioning this and it rather than hearing it's going to be fine either way or we have to prepare for whatever happens, uh, I was told, nah, it's fine. She's going to be cured. She's going to be fine. The wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't say, or, or anger. I was greeted with anger as well. Like, I would say, what if she doesn't make it? And it's like, no, how could you say that? You're not having enough faith. How dare you say that? Like, um, being yelled at, like, being yelled at as a kid, and of course, it was because we all wanted her to be fine, and, like, it was, like, projection, of course, but, um, but as I a just, kid, you don't understand that. Yeah, as a kid, you really don't get that, um, she had been going to the radiation, and they had planned to take the cancer out, um, but it was a single bisectomy, so it was gonna be a big procedure. And I, again, was like around 14, and no one told me about it. Not even her. No one told me that she was- I remember that. I was in the hospital when she was getting the operation. And I I was was mad. How how is she in the hospital getting this operation right now and her daughter doesn't know? Nope, I did not know. Had no idea. I got out of school. I get picked up, and they're like, "We're gonna go pick up your mom at the hospital." Or not pick up. We're gonna go to see your mom at the hospital. I was like, "What happened?" Like freaking out because, of course, like she had just been in the hospital for a month, and I was like, "What happened? What? Like, what's going on?" And they were like, "Oh no! Like she's just gonna. She just got like her breast removed." And I'm like, "That's a big procedure." 
why didn't anyone tell me? And I, I was really mad. And then I remember the first person I saw as soon as I got there was also mad because it was her mom. It was mama. She didn't know either. No one told her. And I, <laughs> I remember just standing there and then looking at her and then her literally just looking at me and then like she just started ranting in Spanish. She was just like, But yeah, like that, that was, that went on for a while. And then when she, I remember the day she passed away because I was kind of expecting it, but at the same time, not at all. Uh, I remember the last time I saw her in my house, I remember that they weren't gonna tell me that she was going to the hospital, but I found out anyway. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> you're gonna find out, you know, like you're gonna find out when your parent is not in your home. Yeah, like at this time she, she wasn't able to walk anymore, so they, they had her in a wheelchair. And I remember like seeing her leave, like she said she was going to the hospital, she didn't tell me when. And I just see her like out the window, like at eight in the morning, which I usually never wake up that early. I just heard someone and I just woke up and I ran and I saw her and I was like, oh, you're leaving today? And she was like, yeah. And she was just chill. And then they just would, they took her and she was like completely coherent. She was fine. Like she couldn't breathe well at all. And she was like very clearly nearing the end of her life. But I like couldn't really see that because I had been just like, okay, no, she's going to be fine. Uh, so she said, well, while I'm away, you can stay with your aunt. Um, and I was like, okay, um, cool. And then I went, I stayed with her and I had been going to like a health camp at the time. I wanted to be a doctor. And like one day I got back and I went to see her in the hospital and they had given her morphine because of the pain that she was experiencing because it was that bad. And when they gave her morphine, they made her loopy. So she wasn't, she couldn't understand what was happening. So that was really hard to see. And then the day that I noticed that like, it wasn't fine was the day before she died. Was like, I remember I walked in distinctly into the um, waiting room. And I was like with Oso, and I was with Wanchi, I was with our cousin. And I'm just chilling there with them. And then suddenly I just see my grandma like praying the rosary and then she stopped. And then she just screams, like screams at the top of her lungs, like in the middle of the waiting room saying, my daughter, my daughter, she's gonna die. And I, that was the first time I realized, I was like, whoa, what? And then I like walked up to her cause she was the one that was in most denial. So I like walked up to her, I was like trying to calm her down. Like mama, no, it's okay. It's okay. She's going to be fine. And then she said, no, 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 they're killing her. And I was like, oh, I was like, no. so I was like, I'm sorry, what? And then as I, I was 15 and I was like, no, I don't know what she means, but I'm going to go fix this. <laughs> so dumb. And I'm going like, to go stop the doctor. Yeah, like, what the heck? I didn't even know what she meant at the time. Oh and I just goodness. knew that I was just like, nah, I got to stop this. And I just ran through the double doors of, like, I remember, like, it was like in the, in like a movie. Like, I, yes, I'm imagining a movie sequence yeah, going. Like, like, I was running down the hall. Yeah, I was running down the hallway. I busted open the door and I busted the other ones because there were two double doors. And 
and then I was like on the fifth floor I remember that and I was looking for the like I was like reading each like thing and I was like okay this is the cancer floor so I'm like 508 508 and I was like went straight to the thing walked in to, to run in to say hi to her see her or say something and I run in and hit me and I'm like she might not be here another day like and I just looked at her and then she was like still a little loopy and then like I, I kind of like went back to when I was a kid and like when you wake up your like I would used to wake her try to wake her up to make sure she was okay and she would like actually be breathing and be fine and like I was being 15 at the time I still did it like I still walked up to her and like people were like what are you doing like and I'm like Shh, leave me alone and like I went over and I just like poke her she's like oh hi like and then she was talking about coconuts or something so I guess she was <laughs> she was definitely loopy but she was in her happy place and I was like oh okay I don't have coconut water I'm sorry like I didn't know what to tell her she was asking for coconut water and I'm like yeah we used to joke around about that all the time so I was like oh she's happy um but she was in so much pain that I was like okay and I just sat down and then the doctors had come in to talk about her procedure that was going to happen the next day which is what led to her her death um because she still wanted to do it even though she wasn't like definitely body wasn't able to fight it and go no definitely not and i remember the doctor came in and is like in the event that you stop breathing would you like to be resuscitated like that's like a legal question they have to ask uh, or life support um and she was like on morphine but she was like like awake enough to yell and be like get and she pointed at me and she said get her out of here and i was like what and i remember like one of our uncles was like grabbing my arms and he was like i was like being like restrained and i was like what i need to know what's happening like what's going on and then like they were like don't worry she's just having a procedure that's just like a legal talk whatever not prepared at all and then that same night i i that was like i was about to leave and so i thought to myself okay whatever happens i have to be prepared for it to be okay but i also want to be prepared for it not to be okay but like i just pushed that under my brain and i just went up to her and i was like okay well bendicion i said like like goodbye and then no no she kept saying goodbye she said adio and i said no (laughs) and i kept going back and i kept saying i'll see you later and she said and she just grabbed my hand and she was like te amo i love you I love you too. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and then she was just like, no. Uh, she just looked at me and she just smiled. And then I just knew that, she, that she, I, I didn't know, but thinking back, I knew that she knew. Yeah. Like, she must have known. And I left. And then I forgot the car keys and I went back. And I still regret to this day not saying, looking at her again. I didn't, I went in and I didn't look at her again. I said, I already said, see you later. It was almost like a denial. If I look at her again, then I'll know it's the last time I look at her. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I grabbed the car keys and then I just left. Um, and she had given me like a little crucifix and I was always sleeping with it under my pillow as a way of like having her with me. And I was like sleeping at, at our aunt's house and I was just there. And my <laughs> reaction, my initial thought was, 
I'm going to take this with me in my pocket before I go to this camp thing. But then I was like, nah, I'm going to keep it under my pillow because I'm going to jinx it. If I grab this, she's going to die. And I don't want that to happen. Those are the rituals you were talking about. If I exactly. do this. Yeah. So, but then I was like, you know what? This is going to chill me out. Like, as long as I have Jesus in my pocket, I'll be fine regardless of what happens. And then we went to, that was the day that we were going to go on a field trip to the hospital. Um, it was a separate hospital, but it was the same hospital my mom actually had chemo in. So I couldn't stop thinking about her. And then the lady who's like the, the person in, the, in charge of the camp comes up to me. And she's like, hey, can I talk to you and Juan for a second? And then me and my cousin, and then they like took a long time to say something. And I was like, okay. And my initial thought was, mom, she, she's gone already. Like, that was like my thought. But then they're like, your mom is in intensive care. And I started crying because I already knew what that meant. Um, I'm just going to pray. That was like my first thing was like, so all I can do is pray. Mm -hmm. And then I remember in the middle of us praying, uh, this hospital has like, um, it has like a little lullaby that plays whenever a baby is born. And the lullaby started playing. And I smiled for the first time that day because I thought to myself, even though this might be my mom's last day, this is the first day for someone else. And it was kind of like a life cycle thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I was already the lessons that, that, that death was teaching me like right off the bat the same day that life goes on regardless. And I remember that the car pulled up. I still, in the back of my head, I was like, she could still be okay. Like she could still be fine, I'm sure. And then they were like, today might be her last day is what they told me. And that's when I was like, oh, mm. okay. Then we got to the hospital and I didn't want to go see her. <laughs> like everyone went to see her. I don't want to remember her that way. So I'm going to stay in the waiting room. And then I didn't cry, which was weird as hell. So instead of not a crying, I went to grandma. I went to like, like my aunt and everyone was hugging me crying, which was like, I'm glad that they were letting it out, but like some people were like saying, I'm not gonna have a mom anymore. Oh my gosh, like if I didn't have a mom, I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I could live without my mother. And I was like, thanks. Oh my God. And I just remember thinking, I just patted them on the back and I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who said this because we make a lot of jokes during dark times like these to in order to like alleviate mm -hmm. how we feel, but somebody was coming up to, maybe it was you, Gabriela, they were like, oh, your mom, ay, tu madre, and then the joke was to go back like, ay, la tuya, your mom. <laughs> your, no, your no, mom. No, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. And that's one thing I noticed in Bobby's funeral, and mommy would say all the time too, she's like, it's hard to be here hugging all these people because once you feel good, people start hugging you and they start saying things and it's almost like they want to make you cry. 
you you said that and like I remember trying to do the opposite of that when I went to like when we were at the Vietnam's yes. um, funeral and yes. I was like sitting like near the back and I was like I don't want to intrude on their like on their morning time so I just like stayed back and then I got like that attack of crying and I was like and then you and Luigi came over and I was like no this is not supposed to happen no that was the perfect I I was glad you and I and not not that I was glad you were sad I was glad to see you crying because it was a normal reaction because there were some weird reactions at the funeral and I just wanted to see something normal for once and seeing you cry I could feel like it was a funeral. We don't really have space to grieve when everybody else is grieving. Yeah. There was so many. There was too much going on. And I remember going up to the funeral and um, seeing you and Luigi. You guys were just like, oh, she doesn't look like herself. Like, her oh, makeup is awful. Like, that's, these- <laughs> that's how you guys made me feel better when I was crying. You were like, do you guys see Celia Cruz is in here? <laughs> I was like, ah. they did her makeup terrible, though. I'm not going to lie. They did a bad job. <laughs> really bad job. But I remember seeing you guys, like, laughing, and it was just like, okay, it was almost like you had a little escape um, with, like, with the cousins of just being able to joke in that moment. But I remember in the back of my head thinking, this is going to hit them really hard later. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. Because I'm like, they're doing the same thing we did. Uh, Joking, laughing, kind of distancing themselves. But this is not okay. It's going to get hit later. And I was like, let them them go through the process on their own. I'm not going to force it. Like, this is working for them right now. They'll, they'll, um, They'll deal with it when it comes. But I remember when Papa Adrian died a few months after Titi. And that was really hard for you guys. And it's almost like you were grieving your mom finally at grandpa's funeral. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's something that that also uh, I feel like when we don't let it out in the moment, it's just it's I feel like it's just like pieces throughout your entire life or, or just like as at least in my experience, like I've noticed that. I still, I'm still grieving her, like, in certain act, like, certain times. It never um, stopped. Honestly, like, going back to that was, like, I honestly would pref- was preferring to be in the funeral home than being home because of that whole process of, like, coming home and, like, having all her stuff everywhere. Like, that's, that's, that's the worst part. At least for me, that was the worst part. I was 15 at the time, uh, but, like, people were giving me her stuff or, like, sh- sh- giving me her stuff for me to wear or, like, like, they're like, oh, we gotta, like, take care of the big box of clothes in the closet because, you know, she's gone. And I'm like, okay, you guys can look through it. Like, for a lot of time, I was like, okay. And then, like, people got mad at me because they're like, you don't want any of your mom's clothes? And I'm like, it's not... Her <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, little pieces of of her throughout everything that I I don't know she she kind of sprinkled herself all around the house so I have those things but I don't necessarily need X Y and Z from her in order for me to remember that she was my mom. Um, yeah. I think um 
I think that's a little important because everybody carries people's memories differently and we can't expect everybody to honor and um, keep people's memories alive in the same exact way that we do. Um, and I think that's a big misconception because I remember um, the same um, mentality, people rushing my mom to clear out my dad's stuff um, and telling her she should move out of the house because there's too many memories in that house and she should leave that house. Let me tell you how hard it is to go from a two income household to a one income household to deal with the funeral that you didn't expect to have, to deal with lawyers who are trying to sue you because um, you crashed into their truck, you know, and, and dealing with all of these things. And now you want my mom to just pick up her house and move like it's that simple. But I know people's intention was to help her heal um, faster. But for me, like, and, and I think for us, there was moments where, yes, being at home was challenging. But honestly, um, I could, like you said, mom would sprinkle herself everywhere. It's like almost her flavor of everything everywhere. And it's like, no, but like, my dad made this here. And like, wait a minute, like, this this carries his scent you know like i don't want to give up this hoodie it, it still smells like him and to some people that may be triggering of sadness but to me i'm like no this this is like he's alive you know he's still present he's still with us there's certain things that we did get rid of and a lot of things that we did donate or give to the family members but um i like being home <laughs> you know because i'm like it's this is where my dad is you know like he's not in the funeral home he's not in the cemetery in the grave he's here with us and this is where i want to be it wouldn't bring sadness for me it brought joy because i'm living my life and even though he's gone like he's such an instrumental part of my life that even though um he's not physically here, he is emotionally and spiritually here where I can still have that relationship. So I can see for other people that would be very hard and painful, but for us, I mean, like, I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but I know for me, I was like, I like this. I want to keep Poppy around because it would bring just like that joy and that laughter for me. I sort of got something better than you know, any, like, trophy or t-shirt or whatever, I'm just grateful that, like, and then I, I felt that same pride again, like, when Papa Adrian died, I'm like, I have the same name, and I'm like, I don't need cards, I don't need your bowling ball, I don't need any of that, I don't need stuff, because I am not here unless you were here. Mm -hmm. I'm evidence that, like, I was made out of love, so I made, like, a part of you is still with me no matter where I go. But the one common thread is like, I'm still carrying you as I'm living my own life. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I feel less attached to certain things. Like, of course I'll keep a, a hoodie or if I see a hat and I'm like, oh, this was my dad's. But I don't need it. I appreciate it. But exactly. the thing that I carry with me is just the memories in them. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs>
This reminds me, this entire talk, especially what also was saying, reminds me of a conversation also and I had at like, it, it lasted from like four in the morning until like eight or seven in the morning. We were just you don't sitting. need to go to sleep. That's like sleep time. Sometimes you can. Also and I were like really sad about a lot of stuff. He was making me feel better about a lot of stuff. And then he said that we are a compilation of all the people who love us mm. and the people that we love. We are, like, they live inside of us, whether they're with us or they're not, whether they're alive or whether they're dead, they're, like, in us and ingrained in who we are. And that was so powerfully beautiful. That was so beautiful. Even the people who aren't with us anymore, like, I don't have my mom here physically, but somehow I carry her inside of me with, through memories, through, like, the things I learned from her through her mannerisms, those things are a part of me and she's still here. Uh, maybe not physically, but like you said, emotionally and spiritually, she is here. Mm -hmm. And if I learn to love myself, if we learn to love ourselves, we love them and those parts mm -hmm. of them. And I remember crying and been like, you right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because I just thought about that after you bringing it back up that like I was younger and then my memories got all like messed up so I don't have that many memories of like Bobby and all these times that we had but it still like brings a sense of joy when I'm just living my life and they're like oh you're just like your father even if you're complaining I like it <laughs> even if you're just like you're oh why would you do that your father used to do that oh I'm like can't deny that these people had an effect on your life and they even when they're gone you still learn things from them like like after Bobby left like like something triggered in my brain and I know it happened to a lot of us where it's just like we've been saying this whole time you're not guaranteed tomorrow at all and I'm seven years old and I'm like I'm not letting you leave my house if you're mad at me we're making up I'm a little kid and I still carry that with me i learned even after he's gone you're still teaching me things like yeah. i'm not afraid to say i love you because i don't know what's gonna happen when you're gone and then even if it's you even if it's me it's like i would feel bad if i didn't get to tell you i loved you or that you didn't get to hear it from me and now i'm gone that is something that like started after yeah saying i love you yeah. saying i love you was like a big thing and it, it still hasn't stopped like you're like oh remember when she said i love you so much it's rather than being like oh she never told me she loved me or like i i'm a picture hoarder now because my mom <laughs> never let me take pictures of her but like thank god that i i had some pictures of her uh when she wasn't looking <laughs> because i can look at them and i can smile and i can be happy with those things and now I'm a picture hoarder. I have like over 2,000 pictures currently on my phone. And it's just random, everyday, random things. And I have I, more of an appreciation for the yeah. ordinary things in life. Because, you know, that's where life is. Yes. In just simple, Absolutely. ordinary, everyday mm -hmm. things. Because um, those become the things that you miss of these people. The stupid mm -hmm. laugh that we would make fun of. You know, the smell of, of the skin you know, or um, the feeling of a mustache tickling you, you know, or the sound of the yelling <laughs> mm -hmm. or um, simple things 
are like small ordinary things you realize when people are gone that's where life is it's not in the big things and the big events and when we got all fans like no what i remember is we were dressed fancy and we were making fun of each other on a dance floor like those like you know like it's not even of the events it's just like the little jokes and the back and forth and the teasing and the small conversations and just sitting at the like in the front steps looking at the sky like the small everyday things the way he cooked let me tell you how much i miss that because i'm like trying to do it and it doesn't come out the right way but um, <laughs> um it's it's just small everyday things it's that's where life is and you start to appreciate that more um and like i think when i think of what death taught me when Bobby died the biggest lesson i learned was I'm not here forever. I got to take advantage of every moment and and really live life. The I love yous are still hard for me because again, I was 19. So I lived my whole life not saying I love yous. We showed it. Um, we showed it. And then all of a sudden when he yeah. passed, everybody was saying I love you. I'm like, this is weird. What? We don't use words. We just show it. So um, it's, it's different. Um, but I do, um, with Papi, it was just like, enjoy life, enjoy people, listen to people, help people, no matter what, they're just people. You know, that was the message that he always, and I was just like, okay, especially when I saw after he died, how many people he really impacted. I'm like, yo, this yeah. was not a joke. Um, mm -hmm. When Titi died, the lesson that I took away from that and in that moment was, again being uh very childlike and being innocent and pure because she was so uh joyful mm -hmm. and playful and like the was so good at just like listening and she was there like i would go visit or she would come down here and she just sees me and she's like let's talk you know like she's just like very um she was so attuned um to to needs and so so just empathetic and and wise um so she would just see you so i'm like here i am again grieving somebody so significant and who taught me just like also said she's like taught me to be who i am and and those really it's it's been that message of appreciating life because you don't you don't have tomorrow guaranteed as more family members passed it was more cemented in like stop being scared stop being scared you don't have time to to protect yourself this much. You don't have time to think of the what ifs. You don't have time to stop your light and stop your gifts from being shared with the world. Like there is no time for tomorrow. Um, if you don't do it now, like tomorrow may not come. So be brave. <laughs> It's upside down, but be brave. No, it looks good. Like, it, it, yeah, but it's just like there's no time to really hold yourself back. The more I hold myself back, the more I um I stop life from happening, and I die before I die. You know, so those yeah. are the biggest lessons of like live, live, yes. live fully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like 
makes you like you feel it. You feel it in your gut, and you just like you're listening to a song, and it gives you goosebumps, and you want to just cry, but also just lit. Like I don't know, it's refreshing just talking about this. Like at mm -hmm. first, when we were gonna talk about this, I was so hesitant, and I was like. I'm gonna be sad, but now, I don't know, it's like, you know how you have emotional, like, constipation? Well, you guys give me emotional okay. diarrhea. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I could have gone better. You this is going meal? so well. <laughs> you guys give me emotional diarrhea every time we do one of these. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Give me some no, pretzels. It's, it's great. No, I get what you're saying, even though I was saying in toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we've been saying, you don't, there's no such thing as getting over it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, you need to talk about them, even though for some reason, for every day, things is like uncomfortable, but it's just like, mm. it feels like a visit. Like, I want to talk about my grandmothers, my grandfathers my uncles, aunts, my parents, because I haven't, they've been in here and they've been in here, but expressing the way you feel about them verbally sort of just feels like, here's this person, here's this person, and it sort of feels like you're here because I'm speaking your stories and I'm speaking your words. I am here. They're hearing the stories. What's that thing we used to say? We used to say, um, the with the dna we had a phrase for it oh, spiritual genetics spiritual genetics yeah it's a phrase we used to say all like a lot back when i was living with you because these are the people that i love and these are the people that have raised me to become the person i am today mm -hmm. and all the things that i love about them i keep within me and even the people i haven't met because that's how it gets passed on i don't know my grandfather's grandfather but mm -hmm. he did and those attributes and those traits and the thoughts and your way of being all comes down into one form of a person and that's you. So it's just like all your ancestry, all the people that have been missed before, that's, that's you. And that's something to be proud of. That's a bar. I'm just trying to say that everyone should be proud of who they are because it took a lot to get to who you are as a person. Oof. That's like a line from um, A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, do you understand all of the like miracles and the events and the situations that had to occur for you to exist just as you are right in this moment? I love thinking about this. There's a really good, no, no, I'll, I'll suggest the book later. Alecha, what did you learn? I don't know. I'm still learning them. I can say that what I'm saying recently does apply to you, well, all of you, but I'm, I do see it in the way that you grieve and the way that you are as a person. Like, you go out there for people so much to a certain extent that I'm just like, you don't get that way without having a mama nida in your life. Mama Ramonita, papi, a lot of people. <laughs> and it's just like, so it may not be like, this is what I learned as soon as this person died, wisdom. 
it's just like you learn things because you love people it's just like um yeah even for other people the parts that like i love about you guys are parts that i have loved about other people and i see that very strongly in each one of you that was beautiful my heart whatever <laughs> Yo, I'm surprised I haven't cried this entire time. I usually cry. I'm going to cry later. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it got deep. It got deep. And it got in my throat a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like what you were talking about, Alecha, just like, Alecha, I think you love so hard and so much harder because you always loved hard, but it's almost harder because of what death has done in your life of stepping in to be very protective and caring and um i wish there was a word in english for this maybe there is but i keep saying servicial but i know that's not an english word it's just service oriented doesn't sound as nice but um that's what it is of just like your your love comes through actions because of what you learned and i always think of your interactions with papadrian you would go purposefully to go talk to your grandpa and sit with him and listen to his stories about how they pulled his teeth out and how horrible he felt because his teeth were pulled out and he's no dummy that when you pull your teeth out it hurts your ears and all of that is connected <laughs> and you would purposefully go and seek him out because you love him mm -hmm. no one wanted to listen to him <laughs> <laughs> He had so much indigenous blood that he just looked like straight up like Taino Indian. Yes. And it's just like we had a, a indigenous storyteller in our family. He could hold a bee and pet it. He was fine. I he took the bee. He took the bee out and he ate the bee. He didn't eat the bee. He didn't eat the bee. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't eat the bee. He never ate the bee. He would make you think he ate the bee, but oh, he, he would go like, like this. Yes, he never ate it. And it would be in here. I was yeah. in the car with him when he ate it. Oh, he didn't eat it. He didn't eat it. He tricked you. And it's in there. <laughs> my whole life, I've been telling people my grandpa ate the bee. I've been telling people my grandpa was such a badass. He ate bees for fun. He would take the the, the stinger out. And he would pet them, and and I have a picture of of Titi Trini standing there, like telling him go take the bee outside, and he was trying to show it to her, like but look, and she was like, that's very lovely, go take it outside. <laughs> this is so good. This is um, again, like you guys were mentioning, it's it's nice to have conversations and keep. Uh, our family members and our loved ones who've passed, keep them visiting us, um, keep ourselves connected to them. Um, and it really, really reminds me of Coco. 
like the movie. You keep that relationship alive and that connection alive, the more you remember them and the more you share those stories. Like people die, but relationships do not. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the absolute truth. Listening Go to ahead. a good song right now. Ooh, this is a gone. symphony. Your words are a symphony. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Oh, God. What are you guys grateful for today? I'm grateful for words because they mm -hmm. are so powerful and so healing. And mm -hmm. I'm just standing here or sitting here and I'm listening to you. And I feel like I'm listening to that symphony, that song mm -hmm. that drives me to live my life better just by listening. So I'm grateful mm -hmm. for listening too and talk. I am grateful for stories. I am so grateful for stories. Um, I'm getting a little teary-eyed because um, we've mentioned and we talk about why we do this, you know, why we do this podcast. And it's to share stories because stories are where life is, where priorities and relationships and values and everything um is so i'm grateful for stories because they bring life i'm i'm grateful for i'm grateful that this didn't work out the other day <laughs> <laughs> because i was feeling it and i was like i felt a little bad that i was like man i can't do it and i'm glad that i didn't miss out because this was nice <laughs> You're welcome. I felt like I didn't share a lot. I just I enjoyed like again you said like the stories and 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 just time with you guys. Mm. You're welcome to be on the podcast at any time. It's cheesy, but I don't care. Because <laughs> um, you're cheese. We know it. I love, I love cheese. It's fine. Stinky cheese. You stinky <laughs> cheese. I am grateful for love because without love none of us would be here right now and we wouldn't be able to share all these stories and in my opinion it's the reason for everything and all that we have so i am grateful for the love that we've experienced through life and the love that we give to others guys i appreciate you sharing so much of your time sharing your space your energy your stories the laughs and the sorrows um everybody who's been joining us and supporting us throughout this whole first um season and this journey thank you guys so much um because this is the community that um we're building and if it weren't for you um we wouldn't be doing what we're doing so my deepest appreciation um, to everybody um, who's made this a possible for us. And join us um, next season. Um, please send us your messages via Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. or email. Um, I am here pod on all social media platforms and send us your feedback, stories, um, questions. We are so glad that you are here. 
And we are here with you.